Hello everybody, welcome to the weekly HTXT.AfriCast. Uh, this weekly edition of the podcast is brought to you by Samsung. Completely redefine your viewing experience with a beautifully curved SUHD TV. For more information, go to www.samsung.com. And joining me in studio today is Nick Cowan. Hello. And Clinton Matos. Hello again, everybody. How are you guys doing? Great. Have a nice short week? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually. Um, too much work to do in too little time. Yeah, <laughs> as it always is. <laughs> and right now there is too much blood in my caffeine system, so if you hear me <laughs> slurping, it's because I have the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you people and your coffee. <clears throat> okay, so let's jump straight into it. This week you guys were both lucky enough to go and see Batman vs. Superman. Dawn of Dawn. Just- Justice. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way you say you were lucky enough. Yeah, well, you clearly haven't been on Metacritic. <laughs> I, I clearly haven't seen the movie, though, or okay. been on Twitter in the last, like, um, a lot of, th- This isn't a spoiler. Spoiler, a lot of people are saying that the movie isn't that good. Actually, I didn't. I disagree with that though, because like I remember, like when I saw it and I like, came back into the office, and obviously, like I'm not doing any spoilers or anything. But you guys said, well, "What was it like?" And I was like, "Well, you know, B minus." Yeah. But then I read the reviews like the next day. And I'm like, I didn't think it was all that bad. Well, I mean, I didn't think it was like Citizen Kane or or, or even like. Ant-Man, but I, I didn't think it was that bad. Well, yeah. Nick, a B minus is like 70%. Do you, no, no, no. B minus, I looked this up, is 75 to 80%. Is it? Yes. Well, then maybe a C plus. Yes. Um, what, what out of 10? I would give it a 6. I'd give it a 6 to a 7. Yeah. You know, it was entertaining. Look, I didn't leave the, 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 the cinema going, what a waste of time that was. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't leave with the bad taste in my mouth that I had after, like, The Phantom Menace or, uh, or Avatar, <clears throat> which, let's face it, is how this thing's being yeah. described. Yeah. I've still not seen Avatar because I, that is probably my favorite animated show, and I don't want to be getting wrecked Are we talking by about, it. Oh, just to clarify here, we're talking about Avatar The Last Yes, Day, yes, Chris. yes. No, I was talking about James Cameron's film. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is what I don't understand. A lot of people are saying it's worse than Man of Steel. I don't think that at all. I, Man of Steel, I don't think is a good movie at all. I think this is better than Man of Steel, but a lot of people disagree with me, apparently. So why do you say that it's better than Man of Steel, though? Uh, well, I can sum it up like this. Characters look great. Characters are... Uh, are well written characters are the way you'd think they look and act but everything else that requires logic and thought like the plot and dialogue is crap really yeah so that's the thing is i don't think the characters were well well written i thought bruce wayne and batman were pretty well, well written well, not- but like superman didn't really have much to do except look wounded for most of the the, the thing and the uh the, the 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 female characters in it like barely get a look in like well, lois lane got a lot of yeah but she's time. mostly like Here's Lois. She is now in trouble. She is saved. Here's Lois. She is now in trouble. She but is she, saved. Well, no, she, without spoiling again, she did drive a lot of the plot. Mm. Not just being a damsel in distress, though, by yeah. being what a about, good journalist. What about uh, Jesse Eisenberg as <sighs> Nick? Yeah, the, we're, we're fractured on this. Nick didn't like him. I liked him a lot, actually. Okay, so why did you like him? And then we'll get to why we didn't like him. Um... Because he was fun to watch. That's the only reason I liked him. Because he was when he was on the screen, I was like, okay, this is going to be a good two-minute scene. When he's on, was he a good Lex Luthor? I don't know. It's kind of like an Iron what Man. What makes a good Lex Luthor, well, exa- in your well, opinion? Well, no, no, no. It's like this. If you watched Iron Man 3 and you hated what they did with the Mandarin, mm. then you're not yeah. going to like this Lex Luthor. Uh, okay, because I hated the Mandarin. Exactly. So you're probably not going to like it. It's this fundamental shake-up of what a character is where they're basically just using name alone. 
Um, but I I liked him. He was fun to watch. I I still don't think Jesse Eisenberg was the right casting choice. I think they could have gotten somebody else and just would have done the character well, just because again I think that was well written. That's do, do, my. Opinion. Do you think it was? <clears throat> do you think it was like um, what you liked about it was that Lex Luthor was presented not as like the embodiment of grey suited corporate America. Um, like it was like back in the 80s and 90s because now corporate America is essentially the Mark Zuckerbergs and the yeah, yeah. hoodie-wearing, sneaker-wearing CEOs who shoot basketball hoops in their lobbies. Yeah, which is unintentional because he actually was Mark Zuckerberg in another movie. But anyway. I don't know if that was unintentional. Yeah. Um, although, although the thing is, I would say that um, his Mark Zuckerberg is very, very different to Lex Luthor. Yeah. I mean, um, Mark Zuckerberg is like, you know, he was kind of like this fish-eyed, well, I got it from the social network. He's this kind of like fish-eyed, um, highly driven uh, individual, whereas Lex Luthor seems to be just a bundle of ticks and beeps. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I don't like it because of the difference to the uh, the eighties, nineties one, where it's the the big corporate America. I just thought he was fun to watch. When he came on, he was very upbeat. A lot of the movie DC is going for the more grim, dark thing, while Marvel is going for the laughs and hijinks. But um. I think it was upbeat. It's good not to have every character in your movie be grimdark, Batman kind of thing. I think it's good. It's good to have some levity, and he provided that. And if you're going into a movie just to have fun, then he was, in my opinion, the most fun, apart from the Batmobile. Because yeah, I like but you Batmobiles. can't really have it both ways, can you? Because right. the, the, the problem here is it's like if you're going to have Lex Luthor, who's supposed to be the arch nemesis of Superman, and here he is as the comic relief. I mean, basically, he is. The villain is the comic relief. Well... Right up until Doomsday pitches up. Well, and he that's not a spoiler, because that was in the trailer. Yes. No, no, that no, no, is wait, not we're a not going to spoil anything in the movie that you haven't already seen in the trailer. And if you're one of these people who uh, hasn't followed the trailers or anything, we're just going to assume that you saw Superman in the podcast description and you're not yeah, listening to yeah, us anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Um, one of the things that I that I have a problem with, especially with the Jesse Eisenberg casting, is how well Lex Luthor was portrayed in the Daredevil uh, Netflix original series. Aha, but that's not Lex Luthor. That's the Kingpin. That's oh, Kingpin. That's a completely ah, that's a completely okay, di- that's Marvel DC separate entities. You should be fired. Watch for this, the fanboys. <laughs> yes, you should. You. you should be fired for this. His email address is. He <laughs> <laughs> no, could probably work it out. Okay, but yeah, Jesse Eisenberg aside, I thought it was. I mean, you know, um, I, I, I for me, like the, the, where it fell down was when the action stopped. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I do. I, I like I told you, like I think that the centerpiece of that film is the Batmobile chase yeah which is awesome it defies physics and reason but it's incredibly awesome oh it's it, not even if you like cars or whatever it's just an amazing little sequence no. of action um I think it's better than the tumbler scenes in the Dark Knight <gasps> trilogy don don I actually didn't like those scenes very much because <gasps> They were all, they were all so dark. Do you know? Do you know what was wrong with them? They had no music. Do you know that like very you guys have music. just brought down the ire of the universe? First, you mistake Marvel for DC, and then you slag off the Nolan films. You're going to have a very long weekend. But um, no, I mean, uh, but apart from like the Batmobile chases, like as like I said, whenever the, the the action slows down, you kind of like you start to piece the plot together, and you're going, okay, I don't get this at all, because you know Superman's got this bug up his ass about there's a vigilante in gotham he thinks he's above the law and it's like well have you read the paper lately clark he's a, he, he all he's done is send pedophiles and um human traffickers to jail 
Okay, you, on the other hand, destroyed half of Metropolis having an air fight with General Zod, which revealed to kill and maim and disable thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. So I don't get why you, yeah. you're the person going, he's above the law. He well, his, his moral high ground is like, I didn't kill anybody. If General Zod threw me through um, a tower or a that building his fault. and that collapsed and killed a hundred people, it was not my fault. <laughs> but when Batman, I don't know, purposefully breaks somebody's arm and puts them in hospital, oh, they can't do that, can yeah. you? <laughs> it's a problem in the writing, though. That's, yeah. uh, that's well, especially like, you know, but then again, like, you know, I didn't kill anyone directly. Tell that to the terrorist you took through a wall. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, I saw that. There's, there's parts where like a Superman will tackle somebody through a brick wall and be like how is that guy not dead he's just a normal little human being who has a gun he's not going to survive being thrown through a brick wall yeah um, um but yeah but the, but the, the thing was uh, my overarching kind of impression of it although i was kind of entertained was the fact that it like it seemed to me to be a big long trailer for a film they haven't made yet uh, and it, you know it's it, it felt to me less like a self-contained story and more like the launch of a portfolio. Yeah, it's I like see. here's here's um, Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman, and um, there's a couple of other things in there that I won't tell you about. But you know, you can probably spoil the film yourself. Yeah, if you, you just can head over spoil, to IMDb. No, you can spoil the fo- the film by the flippant title of it, Dawn of Justice, which yeah. is the du- the Justice League, and yeah. you can piece together the whole movie from that. Essentially, I think that what's happened is that uh, Warner Brothers has has seen the hideous amounts of money that. Um, uh, Disney is raking in from the uh, the Marvel franchise, and also to to be soon this, the 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 newly revitalized Star Wars franchise. Yeah. And the business model around those films is you have several satellite films, like you have Ant Man, or you have Iron Man, or you have Thor, right? Yeah. And those are all blockbuster films, sure. But like their their purpose is mainly to set up story strands for one big tentpole film that has all of the characters in it, like the Avengers. Yeah. And that's what I think uh, DC uh, Warners is looking at with DC. It's like, okay, we'll have a Superman film, they have Dawn of Justice, then we will have uh, a Justice League film. And then if you look in the future, you'll see that they've got a Cyborg film coming out, they've got an Aquaman film coming out, they've got The Yay. Flash coming out, they've got Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman coming yeah. out. They're, they're rebooting the Green Lantern Oh, they're course. making a Flash movie. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and it's going to be different from the Flash show. They have yeah, different, okay. It's going to be completely different. Damn, I really oh. like that. Show. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, right? If you want a good story where Batman and Superman square off, Read the Injustice Gods Among Us comic book because I think that is the best example of them being at odds and having a good reason to do that. You would you would rate that above The Dark Knight Returns? I think it's a better example of them fighting for a good reason. Okay. Um, if you want a good superhero movie where the superheroes fight, I think wait for Civil War. <laughs> um, if you want... Hey, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> So that, that's my suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a Spider-Man fan, are you? I do not like the the, the wall crawler at no, all. No. I, I had a bad experience when I was younger. What? With Spider-Man? Did, yeah, he, okay, did he not so, save you from So back in the day when KTV, I don't know if you all remember KTV. No, I do, of course. Um, the, the Saturday show, which was a big like funfair thing, they yeah, yeah. were launching the Spider-Man animated series. Yes. Mm. And... A guy had dressed up as Spider Man and snuck up behind me. And wait, wait, wait! You were, you were on the show. I was on the show. Yeah. What? You were in the audience. Yeah, I was in the audience. Oh, yeah. Man. 
And a guy in a Spider-Man suit snuck up behind me and gave me the frights of my life. And since that day, uh, I've hated Spider-Man. That's a little, uh, there's a little backstory there. Well, that, that's, your ori- that's, that's Brendan's origin story <laughs> on how he becomes, that's how he becomes a Spider-Man villain. Years later, he would purposefully uh, provoke Marvel fans by getting Daredevil wrong, <laughs> Wilson Fist wrong. Take my, that, Spider-Man. Damn you. My revenge is complete. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad you were all here for this. So, so do, you, do you reckon that uh, if you want to go watch the movie, should you watch it in cinema or wait for DVD? It depends how much you like Man of Steel, really. If I mean, cause the thing is, it is a spectacle. It's a spectacle film. But it also depends on the size of your television. I mean, I've got a friend who's recently bought themselves a huge Samsung TV. And I was like, well, wait for the DVD to come out because yeah. it's, it's going to be as impressive in your lounge as it would be on the big screen. Yeah. Um, but I think that the great thing about well not the great thing but I'd, I'd say that one of the things I'd say about this film is it's pretty much critic proof um, what we say about it doesn't matter a damn there are going to be children dragging their parents to this yeah, in their yeah. droves and especially because the age restriction is it's a little high at 13 but kids are going to sneak into this oh it's this, better than Deadpool yeah this isn't Deadpool or other movies that are 16 or 18 yeah. kids are going to get into this and kids are going to make the effort to get into and it and I would point to one thing uh, about this is that uh, would you say Clinton in your esteemed opinion that this film is better than any of the Transformers films well, oh my goodness! You see, my problem is you shouldn't ask me that because I have a bias towards robots. I studied engineering and I love robots. So. Okay, so is it better than the second Transformers? Oh film? yes, right. It's better than all of them, I think, except one. Because okay. when you watch one, you're like, "Oh my god, it's the Transformers! <laughs> I'm ten again." <laughs> so and my balls haven't dropped. <laughs> but like, no. Uh, but that's the thing, though. The Transformers films, whatever, and they have been panned by critics. Oh yeah. Well, they have been kicked up and down the street even worse than um, Batman versus Superman's getting now. And they smash box office. Oh, yeah. Because it's the Transformers. But, yeah. So, I, I think that uh, that Batman and Superman are going to be all right. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's no... I think there's zero chance that they're not going to rake in the money. Mm. Uh, there's just zero chance that it's going to get panned really well. So, yeah. Um I think that uh, Zack Snyder will be fine. <laughs> I think that uh, Superman versus Batman will be fine. And um, also, I think that Ben Affleck did a better job with Batman than lots of people thought that he yes, was going to do. I, I had no doubt about it. People like to hate for hate reason. Yeah. And I really liked him. I kind of saw him as when they first announced it, I was like, ah! And then I thought about it. I was like, actually, yeah. I mean, he wasn't bad as Daredevil. Yeah. Like, all the, the critique that the movie got aside... He wasn't inherently terrible mm. yeah. as as, the, as also the he has a deep voice which makes more sense than Christian Bale's deep voice. Yeah, where's that trigger? <laughs> yeah, still can't believe that was in the theatrical movie. Mm. Anyway, so much for Batman versus Superman. Now Brendan has been doing some research in order to terrify the bejesus out of you <laughs> ahead of your Easter weekend. Yeah, Brendan. We've been playing The Division. Yes. And you got interested as to whether or not a plague of that, a plague um, like the one in The Division, could be as damaging to the structures of a city and its population in such a short space of time. Well, the first thing that actually occurred to me was that uh, in the game, if you don't know, I'm really sorry, we are going to be trading in spoilers territory. Um, but in the game, there's a mutated version of smallpox, mm. which uh, causes people to 
kind of die. It's called the green poison. The green poison, that's correct. Green poison, dollar flu, whatever it's called. It, whatever you it's want called call. that because it's transmitted on money. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, $20, basically, just a quick rundown, is on Black Friday in, I believe it's 2015, though I'm, I do stand to be corrected. Uh, on Doesn't Black matter. Friday, it's a Black Friday. Yeah, it's a Black Friday and uh, $20 bills laced with this uh, mutated version of smallpox are... What's going on here? Are uh, distributed through New York City, mm-hmm. and uh, the people get poisoned, obviously, and then start dying. Yeah. And what interested me is that it was smallpox, which in 1980 was declared to have been eradicated from the face of the planet. That's pretty recently. Yeah. It is, it is quite between. recent. But anyway, it, it is very scary. Yeah. The disease. And it's a very scary disease because about 30% of people that contract it die, mm. and there is no way to cure it. Once you have it, you can uh, protect yourself through vaccines and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But once you have it, it's very hard to get rid of. Mm. It's like rabies. Exactly. We have ways to prevent rabies, but once you get it, you're in a bad place. Mm. So I was curious to find out whether uh, this was something that could actually happen, whether a mutated version of smallpox could actually wipe out New York and how quickly it would do it. Yeah. Right. Um, so what I wanted to find out is, number one, if America would be prepared for something like that, and then if the disease was real. And lo and behold, the division is actually based on real-life events, in particular something called Operation Dark Winter, which is where the United States tested how ready it would be for bioterrorism attack. And in a 13-day test, they found that they were woefully unprepared. Okay, that, Like, terribly, terribly unprepared. They, they, they use words like absolute mayhem and collapse. <laughs> you know it's worrying when government uh, <laughs> facilities yeah. use that because they like to uh, use words to... Containment. Be, yeah. Uh, so, we, we lost $20 billion. It was a, uh, an unfortunate loss. <laughs> so, so when they use absolute mayhem and total mayhem... Stuff's gone down. Yeah. So basically, they found that it would descend into martial law very quickly, uh, and this was in 13 days in test conditions. So this is not even real life. Mm. So they're not. They. I'm sure they did account for uh, looting and that sort of stuff. But in the game, there's a lot more looting, people killing people, all that sort of stuff. So that was fine. So mm. we know that America is not prepared, and that. Uh, it, if it ha- were to happen in New York, they'd have to call in the National Guard, mm. the Marines, all of that sort of stuff. Then I wanted to find out whether the mutated version of smallpox would be able to kill people, especially on a $20 note. Because the problem is that money is dirty. Mm. It's extremely, extremely dirty because you don't know what's on it. You don't know what the person has in their nose. What if it's been laundered? (laughs) (laughs) it's usually germs and cocaine but anyway. <laughs> so Jeez, what I Tintin, what are you revealing about your pastime <laughs> so what I did is I contacted a geneticist at a company called Icon that used to be called Amgen and they deal with uh, genetics and disease and curing disease and genetic trials and all that sort of stuff mm. uh, out in the UK and I contacted a geneticist there and a lady by the name of Abigail Flynn helped me out and she told me that uh, it is absolutely possible for a disease like this to be to be manufactured but it can't just be smallpox you need something else to to kind of speed it up because smallpox takes a, smallpox takes a really long time to develop itself in the body and to get to a point where it's yeah to a point where it's going to kill you so you'd need something else to speed it up. And in the game, there's a couple of diseases. H1N1 is one. Um, 
swine flu swine flu uh the dengue fever ebola ebola there's there's a whole bunch of just of all diseases. that bad stuff just yeah. throw it in a pot which <laughs> are all listed and in the game they use biological 3d printing as a as a way of explaining it but there's a much simpler way of doing it because what you can do is you can look at those diseases and sequence the proteins that cause death and then put them all into one lovely Yay. virus and release it on the world so in the division it takes about three weeks for chaos to descend um, by this doctor's accounts, if you had a disease that had Ebola, H1N1, dengue, there's a whole list. Yeah. Uh, if you were to release that in New York, you could probably wipe out the United States in a week. The United States? The United States. From East Coast to West Coast, you could wipe them out in Which a week. actually gives, uh, gives providence to the, to the plot of the division where yeah. they cordon off... New yes. York to New try York and stop try and the stop spread. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things. So basically, you'd wipe out the uh, the the entire United States if it was left unchecked. Yes. If you didn't know that what was happening, and then you take wind into account, and uh, all the dollar bills in the United States and diaspora bills. people fleeing the scene. Yeah. yeah. All that sort of stuff. You're eventually going to. And what's really cool is Ubisoft released a little tool or an augmented reality tool mm. that you can visit. It's called the Collapse. Just google claps we'll put a link into the bottom of the podcast and you can key in your address and see how long it takes for the world to collapse from your address with this disease it's really interesting so what i did is i went into new york city and i went into macy's which is where the first mission is really sorry if i spoil that for you and uh i'm not ever talking to you again (laughs) and uh i just let the disease spread from there and it took 23 days to annihilate the world <laughs> if this, left unchecked do you know what yes. this sounds like have you guys ever played a game called plague inc yep. yes where your ultimate uh where, where you basically are the virus yes. yes um what would happen this is a joke from the game if you started the disease in madagascar because Ooh. okay if you There's don't only get, a port yeah so in the game plague inc uh, madagascar is very difficult to infect with this disease because it's very shut down and as soon as greenland yeah uh, and if somebody gets so much as a sniffle, they shut down their country and you can't get into it. Well, so. not like that. It's not that hardcore. No, it's but, ex- yeah. uh, hyperbole. Pro tip for that game, always increase water transmission. Always. Because of Greenland. We so this, sound this is- like a podcast encouraging bioterrorism. <laughs> I hope we don't get put on a list. Uh, well, no, but this is the thing, though. It's like I, when I was uh, interviewing uh, people who made The Division uh, two years ago, um, uh, you know, th- they did reveal the thing about Dark Winter. And they revealed uh, um, also uh, a piece of legislation that was signed into law under the Bush administration called Directive 51, yeah. which um, essentially provides uh, the legal framework for units like the division to actually exist. Um, and Sounds like Order 66 no, in Star and, Wars. And, and, I was, and I was saying to the, this developer, how the hell do you sleep at night knowing what you know? Because I don't know about you. I mean, there's one of the things that, about the division. I, I, I take in the real world ramifications of it. And I just want to curl up into a ball in the corner and cry myself to sleep. Because, you know, and, and you've just revealed today that, like, not only is the division, you know, premise real, it's far worse than it is in the game in real life. And, and it, it could actually happen. I mean, it's, it's not something that's like, oh, we just dreamed up this fight. Like, being able to sequence proteins in viruses is something that is happening right now. How do you think you get vaccines? Yeah. Mm. You know, it's, it's taking that virus and sequencing the certain proteins so that it can be fought or it can kill. And it can happen... If people are a little bit evil, 
which we know exists in this world. Yeah, that's. Uh, you well, I'm looking forward to the Easter break. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> smiles in the sun. Uh. You know, what's even more worrying that it's uh, it's much more plausible than you thought. Like you would just want to know if it's plausible at all, but yeah. it's much more plausible than you thought. Yeah. It really gives this whole uh, lens credence to the whole thing that the whole of society is just on knife edge every second yeah. of every day. I just love that. It's like so. Uh, this uh, this game says we'd go to hell in a handbasket. Uh, that's rubbish, right? No, no, it's actually in. Oh, of course. We'd go to hell in an express elevator. Yeah. That's it's, it's cable cut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and on that pleasant note, <laughs> hey. that, that, that's about all we have time for for this edition of the podcast. We hope you enjoy your Easter holiday. Next week's next week's podcast is just going to be an hour of kittens and puppies <laughs> to, uh, to balance it out. You know, yeah. you've got to balance out the universe. It can't just be bad all the time. So from me, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Bye, everybody. Sort out your insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time.